This is HPR episode 2942 for Tuesday the 12th of November 2019. Today's show is entitled Why I Love Lisps. This is the first show of our new host Neil Azzo and it's about 8 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is a very wooden scripted episode about why I love the Lisp programming language family. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. I'm Neil Arzo. I'm new to recording for HPR, and I decided to do my first episode on something I think is certainly of interest to hackers, but somewhat overlooked. Lisps. I'm going to explain what Lisps are, introduce some cool things they can do, and hopefully explain well enough that you can maybe check out using a Lisp for your next project. Before I start, I want to say I have no formal qualifications in computer science whatsoever. I've never worked as a software developer, and I've never worked on any large projects so take everything I say with a grain or two of salt. I'm also slightly ill when I'm recording this, so forgive my voice for sounding weird. Now that's out of the way, let's talk about lisps. And to start, I guess I'll explain what a lisp is, for those who don't know. This is a simplified definition, and it's certainly narrower than it maybe should be. Lisps are a family of programming languages that all share some interesting traits. The one that is most obvious is their syntax. Lisps all use a syntax called S-expressions, which are far simpler than the syntax of any other language. Lisps also all support first-class functions and tail calls, making them ideal functional programming languages. They also all support REPL-driven development, which I'll talk more about later. The most interesting feature of Lisps to me, though, is their support for metaprogramming, which I'll also go into more detail about soon. The three most popular lisps are common lisp, scheme, and closure. Let's start with the most obvious feature of lisps, s-expressions. s-expressions make up the basic syntax of all lisps, and they're incredibly simple. The only significant symbols are the open and closed parentheses. That's it. s-expressions are also written in prefix notation, so 1 plus 1 would be plus 1 1 in lisp. This confuses a lot of people at first, but it leads to an overall more consistent language, and they are also incredibly easy to pass for developers of interpreters. It's very difficult to describe syntax in audio, so I'll put some examples in the show notes. To some programmers this is scary, and they find it difficult to read. I admit there is a learning curve, but once you get more used to it you wonder why the syntax of other languages seems so clumsy and inconsistent. The simplicity and regularity of S-expressions means Lisp can be edited not just as text, but structurally. Editor plugins like ParEdit and ParInfer allow you to directly edit the structure of your program, which leads to far quicker development. Speaking of quicker development, people sometimes speak about how much quicker they can develop software in Lisps. This is mostly down to another key feature, REPL-driven development. REPL is a short term for a read-eval print loop. 
This basically does what it says on the tin. It reads in some code, evaluates it, prints out the result, and then loops around. Now you might be thinking, so what, Python has a REPL, JS has a REPL, what's new? But the difference is Lisp REPLs tend to do more than just that. A traditional development workflow with a language like C is write, compile, execute. You write your code, compile it, and execute it. Languages like Python remove the second step, so it becomes write, execute. Python also has a REPL, but it's disconnected from the rest of a Python development environment. It's useful for quick prototyping, but you won't be using it while you write your actual application. Lisp REPLs are very different. They usually have error handling, you can customise how they run, and they're very tightly integrated into the development environment. When I'm writing Clojure and I want to test a function, I can just select it in my editor and it will make that function available in my REPL session so I can test it. From within the editor, I can access the REPL and modify parts as it runs to have incredibly quick iterations. This integration of the REPL with the development environment changes programs from being something written and then run to a completely live and interactive environment. The speed at which I could update and iterate on my Clojure programs blew my mind the first time I used it, and I cannot overstate how great of a tool it is to have. I won't go into the functional programming stuff here, that would be better suited to its own episode, but Lisps were the original functional programming languages, and in my opinion, still some of the best. You can expect tail recursion, proper anonymous functions, minimized state, and all that neat stuff. So this is great. We have a functional programming language, with a simple syntax, we have editor tools to make writing it quicker than any other language, and we can very quickly iterate on changes we make to our program. But we still haven't actually got the most powerful feature of Lisps, homoiconicity and macros. Homoiconicity is the fact that Lisp code and Lisp data are the same thing. Your program is an S-expression tree, which is also the way data is commonly represented in Lisps. This allows for powerful metaprogramming. Lisps have macros which work similarly to functions, but instead of returning a value, they return s-expressions. And these aren't like C's text substitutions. They are insanely powerful. You can do anything in a macro you can do in the rest of your programs, which leads to insane extensibility. For example, Clojure has libraries that add features like pattern matching, or even prolog-esque logic programming and these are nothing more than libraries that contain macros. I have no chance of being able to properly explain all of metaprogramming in this episode, but I encourage you to check it out. Using macros and metaprogramming, you can also modify and build the language around what you want to do. For example, Overtone, which is a closure library to create computer music, contains macros which add new constructs disclosure specifically for music, like constructs for defining instruments and a global metronome and timing system. So. Why do I like Lisps? Because I can program a whole lot quicker than in other languages, and I can program functionally, which I prefer over other paradigms. I can modify the language as I see fit to make doing exactly what I want to do easier, and I can have editor tools that mean I have to do a whole lot less typing. Hopefully after this episode you want to give Lisps a shot, and if you do I would recommend learning Scheme with the Schema books, the Little Schema, and the Season Schema. However, those are quite academic rather than real-world. If you want a more practical approach, I'd learn Clojure. It's the most practical real-world Lisp, and it has plenty of great resources. I learned using a book called Clojure for the Brave and True. I hope this episode has been informative, interesting, or at least some good background noise for whatever you're doing, and I would like to thank HPR for providing a platform for podcasts like this.
Hey, this is Neil Azo when I'm editing this. I'm sorry that this was so wooden. Like, I really do care about this, but it's hard for that to come across when I'm reading off a script. <laughs> You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.